everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the fifth episode of Cook the Books. My name is Martina Logan, and tonight I cooked a pie. It was for my friend who joined me, Lee Yenrick, and in honor of the last Lord of the Rings episode. It's a little bittersweet, and not just because I made it sugar-free. <laughs> I've had a lot of fun talking about Lord of the Rings, and I can't wait to binge the movies. Every single one of my guests is welcome, so if you're listening, come to my house. Um, These stories really mean a lot to me, and they were the perfect start to this project, so thank you guys for sticking with me, and I hope you join me for the next round, because next week I will be diving into manga, so please keep listening. There is so much more ahead. Um, This episode is super fun. Lee is also gluten-free, and she uh, talks to us about her diet journey and why she cut gluten out of her life, so super interesting stuff. This blueberry pie did not turn out like I wanted it to, (laughs) and you'll hear me in the episode. I'm a little bummed about it. Um, I mentioned on the last episode that I'm doing the keto diet, and I'm honestly feeling great on it. Um, I'm not trying to promote diets in any way because your body's your own and it's important that you find a way of eating that works for you. But for me, so far, I am finding a lot of success with this and it's honestly the first time I can say that. It's it's a very exciting time for me. And I made a keto pie for Thanksgiving, so I thought, no problem. I can totally do this again. Let's explore something keto and carb-free, sugar-free. Um... And so I decided to try a different crust recipe, and that was a mistake because it all fell apart. Should have stuck with what I knew in this particular scenario. Um, I think the key is almond flour. This crust was only coconut, and it did not hold up. And then, plus, (laughs) I tried to make whipped cream with coconut creamer, something that I've done many times, and it didn't happen. I I really, I want to blame how hot, I want to blame how hot my apartment is, but I put the mixing bowl in the freezer and everything, and it just wasn't in the cards tonight. Um... That being said, it still tasted pretty good. Um, To sweeten it, I used Swerve, which is... Etheritol, oh god, oh god, hold on, we got this, we got this, I I looked it up, I looked it up, so that way I would remember, and I have already forgotten, here we go, ready, ready, erythritol, 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 yeah, it's fine, it's a new word, okay, it's a natural sweetener, (laughs) um, Guys, erythritol is a damn game changer. It's all natural. It act, it acts like sugar, so it's one-to-one measurement. Um, if you're watching your sugar levels, I highly recommend it. I, I don't know what my recommendation means to you. I'm not a doctor, uh, but I like it. Um, it's not sugar, uh, but it's definitely not Splenda either. Flavor 
flavor or health consequences. From what I've looked up, um, it can cause some digestive issues and potentially headaches, but current studies show it to be a safe option for consumption. Like like I just said, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a scientist, uh, but I have done a decent amount of research on sweeteners uh, for my own purposes. My dad is diabetic, so I'm always keeping an eye out for new things. Um, and from what I've tried, this is the best one I've found. Um, you know, maybe that's just because it's newer on the scene and the jury's still out about health consequences. That's definitely a possibility. But the ingredients themselves are miles ahead of Splenda or Aspartame. Um, before I get started, I have some very exciting news, which is today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash cookthebookspodcast and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title for free, and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audible.com slash cookthebookspodcast to get started today. Uh, why Audible. Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and so much more, uh, all from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, and entertainers. Um, I just signed up for Audible myself, and it is remarkable how easy it is to use. Um, I, I personally always need something to listen to on the train, and I can't believe I hadn't signed up sooner. This selection is really fantastic. Um, and the thing that stuck out to me was I didn't realize that they had a fitness section, which I'm definitely going to be checking out with my New Year's goals. Um, they have a 5K training program. They've got a meditation programs. There's a program to help you sleep better. Um, and then, of course, they have just uh, this huge, ever-evolving list of books to listen to. You know, and if you if you're overwhelmed, you don't know where to start. Uh, you can always pick Lord of the Rings. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com/cookthebookspodcast. Again, that is audibletrial.com/cookthebookspodcast for your free audiobook. With all that said, thank you so much for tuning in. Please enjoy the last Lord of the Rings episode, at least for now. Oh god, so many blueberries all over the place. But yeah, so this did not turn out like I wanted it to, Lee. Uh, but tastes the, great. Well, it tastes like pie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't get blueberry pie often. I don't know. I'm sure I've had it. I'm sure I've had blueberry pie, mm-hmm. but I don't. I don't have a memory of it at all. Mm. But yeah, this is good. Thanks for coming on. Absolutely. So you're just in dance class. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did a a workshop, and it was like a ballroom basics, and we learned. Um, started with the samba moved to mm-hmm. cha-cha then we did the jive which is very hard <laughs> <laughs> and then we did rumba which is a, a slower latin dance which is very 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 sensual <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a super fun day how mm-hmm. long were you in there if you learned two hours woof mm-hmm. so like a half hour almost on each that's awesome mm-hmm. and where are you taking these classes right now i took that at um chicago dance Chicago, which is like down right off the Irving Park Brown Line. That's freaking um, awesome. 
I also take bachata and salsa at Latin Rhythms. Mm-hmm. And then I take a modern class at um, American Rhythm Center. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Okay, you're like dancing all over the town. Basically. <laughs> oh, also I forgot. Cheers. Oh. Thank you for coming. Sancha. Mm-hmm. Two good Irish girls know exactly how to cheers, so exactly. that's what that noise was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, German slash Irish, but um, cool. Well, okay, so I made blueberry pie, which I know you don't have a ton of uh, experience with Lord of the Rings, Mm-mm. but they when they come back to the Shire, mm. uh, they talk about how uh, Rosie made like a blueberry pie. And they also talk about strawberries, mm-hmm. uh, which are not necessarily in season right now. So, no. um, and make and eating just like really delicious whipped cream, which is why I just spent close to thirty minutes trying to make whipped cream. <laughs> it just did not come together. So, um, we dietary restrictions, people. It's a thing. I know, but I made it at Thanksgiving with mm. the same creamer, with coconut milk creamer, mm. and. Um, no dice. No, I know. And I use, so the thing about this, which I want your full, full unbridled, like, opinions on this. Please, please be candid. Um, this is also technically keto, because I'm doing the keto diet right Mm. now. And, which, I always, I said that my podcast day would be my cheat day, so it's not that I wanted to stick with my diet for this. Mm. It's more that I wanted to try something different and sugar-free and so part of it may be that I was using like a sugar substitute but again I used that on Thanksgiving and it was fine honestly I really like it I didn't even put the honey on it um you're a fan I'm a fan okay it's very it's not too sweet because sometimes pie crust can be too sugary mm-hmm. in my opinion um no this is very very good Thank it's, you. it's flaky and yet um I don't know if it's a like did you put like a layer of something in between the crust or is yes that... okay yeah so it's almond flour coconut no just coconut flour no almond flour mm. coconut flour a little bit of like baking powder i think four eggs mm-hmm. um water i can't remember there's a couple other things in the pie crust but then there's a layer of cream cheese mm-hmm. <clears throat> which um I got a different cream cheese. I got one from Trader Joe's this time, mm-hmm. and it, like, was the only dairy-free version they have. So that part was, like, probably the least keto thing. Um, and it's this brand called Miyoko's, and I will never use it again. Mm. It was super weird um, and really tough. It tastes really good, though. It does. It does taste... I put more... When I put more of that, like, sweetener in it, mm-hmm. it helped. So here we are back in the Shire on our diet, because, mm-hmm. you know... But what Lord of the Rings have you seen? The movies. Was... All of them? Or, sorry to interrupt, but all of them are just what we watched together. So, no, I have seen the first one mm-hmm. all the way through. I've seen the third one all the way through. And I think I've seen parts of the second one. And I know that sounds really weird. Mm. But I went and saw the first one. Somehow skipped the second one while it was in theaters. And then saw the third one. And I'm like, you know, I haven't seen the second one. Will I know what's going on? They're like, yeah, it'll be fine. (laughs) I'm like, okay. I mean, I guess you can, like, keep up with, like, they're going to Mordor. Yeah, we're going to Mordor. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And I was like, where where did those other two characters go? It honestly surprises me that you aren't more into Lord of the Rings because it seems like it's right up your alley. Um, yes. (laughs) I think if I read it now, I'd have a more appreciation for it. So, and I may do that this year. Yeah. Um, because apparently this is my year of big books, so. (laughs) Oh, yeah? I'm gonna do Ulysses this year. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay. Um, I wanna do Brothers of Karamath. Um... I know the title, but I don't know what that's about. Oh, okay. Okay. And, um, I feel like I need to do, like, a Tolstoy, but... Have you read any Tolstoy? Mm Mm-mm. I haven't either. I want to do Anna Karenina before I do Try War and Peace. Yeah, I... So, um, in college, I was not in this production. Steven was. Mm -hmm. Um, we did a show called Anna in the Tropics. And it was about um, a Cuban community, mm. and they were reading. They oh, do you know the show? No, but she even talked about it. Oh yeah, he. That's where he learned how to roll a cigar. <laughs> they had to roll cigars on stage every mm-hmm. single night. But they basically, it took place in a cigar factory, mm. and so their job was to roll cigars, and then they would bring in an orator who. Um, would read books to them mm. and a guy came in and read Anna Karenina and then like life mm. reflects art and so like what was happening in the book was happening in the play like mm. between a couple characters and so like I loved that mm-hmm. and I saw the Kira Knightley mm-hmm. Anna Karenina but I've never read it because mm. I feel like it's just who wants all that heartbreak mm. really um, <laughs> no <laughs> What you read pretty consistently though, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Try to. Um I'm what did I just finish? Just finished the big sleep. What's that about? Oh, that is a <laughs> crime drop Okay. From the nineteen thirties. It was a movie with uh, Bogey and Humphrey Bogart and Bacall is one of their movies. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people might know the movie. Um, the Big Sleep is a crime drama um, and it's Raymond Chandler. <coughs> Excuse me. Bless you. And they um, it's kind of like what a lot of um It kind of set forth that, like, precedence of, like, we're going to describe, like, how this happened and what I was thinking. It's from the detective's perspective. So, like, breaking it down and what he was thinking and what he was doing and Mm -hmm. why. And it's like, you know, I walked into the diner and it was cold as steel, just like, you know... A woman's heart. <laughs> that kind of, like, that kind of writing. That was Raymond Chandler. Like, he set forth that. Um, so that was interesting. Um, and I I read plays, obviously. Right. theater all the time. And then um, I try to read uh, articles that aren't, you know, Facebook articles. Yeah. What? Um, There's more yes. out there than just yeah, what you click on I, Facebook? Yeah, I try to read 
articles and stuff. Um, and currently, what am I reading? I'm finishing Trevor Noah's book. Oh, Georgia read that. Yeah, it's yeah. very good. Born a Crime. Yeah. Highly recommend it, readers. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we have always lived in the castle. That's what I'm also reading. Oh, okay. Yeah. Dude, you have a lot going on. Always. For someone who is uh, who has a podcast about books, I am like not reading a damn thing right now. Um, I need to read Truth and Comedy for my IO class, mm. um, which I'm such a terrible student for not having finished that yet. Mm-hmm. But I have gotten like so ingrained in podcasts. I was actually just talking about this earlier today um, that I really I need to take that away because that's how I commute now. Like, when I'm commuting, I am listening to a podcast mm-hmm. where maybe I need to, I think I need to switch it up and just say, like, when I'm going home, mm-hmm. I'm listening to a podcast, but maybe on the way in, I'm reading. Because mm-hmm. I'll get a seat on the way in. It's, yeah. a, it's early enough, I'm far enough away that I'll totally get a seat and I can yep. read. Mm-hmm. But, you know, standing standing on the train with a book in your hands is, like, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is just it, usually impossible, and my anxiety kicks in so much when it's when you know when you're like sardined on the train yep. like that, where it's just like I I need to like put my headphones in, tune everybody out, and just pretend that I am anywhere else, or at least not think about where I am right now. <laughs> but um, also, for the record, Lee finished her pie before me, and this is the first time anyone has finished. Before I have. So, congratulations. I have a pin for you. <laughs> but Please tell me it's just the pie symbol. Like, that's just... <laughs> yeah, right. Like, 3.14. No, um, honestly, I'm... That validates me a lot because I'm like, I'm so bummed about the way it turned out. It just doesn't look like pie. And I will, I will get over it because it's just food. But, like, you know, for having... For wanting this to be something that, like, I... Uh, show to the public and have like a public eye and I'm like no it must be perfect there, <laughs> there must be whipped cream well there's beauty in the imperfection and it was very good by the way thank you uh, <laughs> appreciate you absolutely <laughs> um okay so from your limited Lord of the Rings knowledge which like honestly this question does not have to have anything to do with Lord of the Rings sure, it sure, just sure. is what it is yeah um because like there's other mythical creatures that are not from Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Um, are you a hobbit, elf, man, dwarf, or wizard, or, like, what? I, I like to limit it to those, but if there's another mythical, like, um, character that you really identify with, who oh. are you? I'd have to say the elves, because they're the healers. Yep. And I I would consider myself a healer, and I think the next one I would be is the ints. I would definitely be a tree person. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, I am a tree, and I will destroy you. <laughs> That's my favorite response. <laughs> hey, Mother Nature's a bitch, and one day she is going to have her revenge. <laughs> right. The the Ents destroying Isengard is one of the most just like which I think happens in Two Towers. But essentially, what you're saying, the Tree People, they they take their revenge. Is yes. what I'm trying to say. The Tree People. Yeah, they they come and like I'm just like, oh, man, where are the Tree People to just like smack the politicians in the face right yeah. now? Global uh, warming is a thing. Get out of here. <laughs> Help us. 
Say it with me. <laughs> the tree people will live and you will die, petty humans. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm glad you said elf, though, because, like, if you had said anything else, I was going to be like, nah, you're the most elf person I've ever met, like, real life. Because you're so graceful and, like, all the dance classes that you take. Um, because every, when I think of elves, the first thing that always comes to mind, I always visualize in the first movie in Fellowship, Legolas, when they're trudging through the mm-hmm. snow, growing up the mountain, he's just on top of the snow, and I'm like, bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How are you on top of snow? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, and I, I think that's what I like about them, is that, like, they're, they're totally the Robin Hoods of yeah. the Lord of the Rings world, and I've always been, like, my, probably my, you went with me, you and Owen went and saw yeah, Robin yeah, yeah. Hood with me, and, like, growing up, like, that, that mentality of giving was always um important i think that's why i like the elves too because they're very much givers they're like we give as much as we can but Mm -hmm. you also have to do the rest there's on like there's only so much we can do you have to help yourself yeah and i think that's what i like about the elves they're like we will take care of you we will heal you but then you have to heal yourself you have to go on the rest of the way yeah, we only go so far. Well, yeah. Yeah. I think, and I think that's humanity. I mean, humanity, we have, we should be giving to one another, but we also have to give people the tools to help themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, we can't just be like, pull yourself up by the bootstraps if they don't have any bootstraps to pull up. But, you know, it's like, you have to, you have to like, all right, I have now given you the tools. Mm-hmm. And now you can do it. I completely agree with that, but what is coming to mind for me right now is, and I can't remember where I heard this joke, mm-hmm. it was something like, uh, something along the lines of, feed a man, or teach a man to fish, he eats for a day, um, no, I'm sorry, Ke- what is it, catch a man to fish? Give a man a fish. Give a eat, man. Give a man a fish, he eats for the day, teach a man to fish, he's, and he eats forever. For, for, yeah. yeah. So, I totally agree with that but they put a twist on it was give a man a fish he eats for a day teach a man to fish and he uh he takes all the fish from your pond and and, like forces you out of where you live and i was like you yikes um (laughs) so i mean yeah there's something about the way humanity is is treating the world right now where yeah i mean we people need to be responsible for themselves but then also people need to share with others and i think the the essence of teaching a man to fish is sharing mm-hmm. not even not even so much teaching the the point is to share with each other but now in our very capitalist society that we live in people pe- people learn and then take for themselves and don't share with each other yeah i think it's it- it's teaching them like the importance of why it's important to give back and also important to it's like they give and take though Mm -hmm. i think that's the important thing that people don't they forget it's like remember someone somebody once give gave to you and that's what i always remember when i go into dance classes because um i once didn't know how to do a lot of these things. I looked like a drunken baby giraffe, but, um, (laughs) I mean, it's true. Um, but like, and there are people when I go and I dance, they're like, I just like, I, 
they're like, I-, I would ask you to dance, but I only know like a few steps. I'm like, so that's what you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's do it. We'll practice. You can only get better if you practice, and I'm, I'm willing to let you fail. Mm-hmm. I'll be just fine. So just practice with me. Mm-hmm. So I think that's important. So it's like remembering that you also, when you've been given something, that somebody else was in the exact same place you were. And I think that's, and I feel like that's kind of a, a thing within Lord of the Rings. Like they, it's all about that give and take. It's all about that balance. Mm-hmm. That balance of life, that balance of light and dark, which is what they're always fighting. They're continuously fighting the dark, um, from what I remember. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's been a no, you hot... No, you right, you right. <laughs> uh, it's been a hot minute, but I do watch a lot of Stephen Colbert, and he quotes Lord of the Rings a lot, so <laughs> I feel like I know it pretty well now. Um, I'm not the biggest Lord of the Rings fan, but I love Stephen Colbert, Colbert. and he loves Lord of the Rings, Rings. So, so I'm good. I got this. <laughs> I got this. I got this. That's so true. Yeah, it, but he does. It's just like, and I'm like, oh, okay. But because I do practice in Christianity, mm-hmm. they always say it is um, an allegory for what I believe, too. So. What Lord of the Rings is? Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, there's, there's, it's an allegory for many many things and i i think my favorite part is that is is hearing the different interpretations that Mm. people have and like we've talked about a couple allegories um when owen was on it was talking about an allegory for the industrial revolution um it's an allegory for you know the uh, an atom bomb like the different things that people have taken away from it Mm -hmm. and um it also if i remember correctly and Here's part of it is, especially because I haven't done one of these in, in a few weeks, too, but uh, here's part of it. I haven't read these since, like, middle school, you Oh, my know? goodness. So I'm like, I love Lord of the Rings. I'm like, oh, hold on. Let me let me Google that real quick. <laughs> <laughs> let me make sure I know what I'm talking do about. Yeah, know what uh, I'm talking about? Yes, yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> okay, cool. That's right. That's right. Um, I think any piece of art is going to um, sort of become what the what what the audience wants from it at some point and you can say it is what it is but if someone sees it as something else then it's not yours anymore right and i think uh i think that's the beauty in art or in books if it's done that way it's like it's meant for everyone Mm -hmm. it's meant for everyone to take and just and have an opinion about Mm -hmm. and i love that agreed um, what is your favorite book? Oh my, oh, I forgot you were going to ask this. Um, it can be 12 books. We can talk about all 12 books. All 12 books. <laughs> okay. So, my favorite book is, my favorite book is Jane Eyre. Oh, okay. Um, because of the time period it was written and having it be not like what I would call a super feminist female, but a woman who sticks to her convictions Mm -hmm. is very interesting. And having her, even though she loves this man or loves, wants to take care of this child, she leaves because she knows she has to because of her, for whatever reason. But because she stuck to her convictions, it's kind of nice to see that everything turned out okay. Maybe not in the way that she thought it was going to. Right, right, right. But it turns out 
all right so yes Jane Eyre is probably my favorite book um, my favorite book as a kid was this book called time enough for drums which is a uh, and this would be like my teenage okay years probably like 13 14 years because it's a it's a YA novel everyone. it's a YA novel but it was a um, it's a historical fiction piece about the Revolutionary War and like uh, I really like um, it's time enough for drums by Anne Rinaldi and Anne Rinaldi does a really nice job of um, incorporating history mm-hmm. into hers so like you feel like you're actually kind of learning events in the time that's going on and what would like but her writing's really great and in some ways poetic and she describes and she has beautiful I think what I liked about her her particular style of writing she has really good conversations and really good like battles of wit between her characters mm-hmm. and I think that's what I really appreciated um can I can I jump in for a second yeah, yeah. I think that's an awesome thing to like hone in on too because so many some of my favorite authors um just cannot write <clears throat> conversations mm-hmm. and it really it it it's a hindrance and it's it's kind of upsetting sometimes when you think about it because they've crafted such an amazing story and you're so into it when they're like describing Mm -hmm. where they are what's happening so suspenseful blah 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 and then the characters start talking to each other and they don't sound like human beings Mm -hmm. and it's like who 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 talks like this no one talks like this i'm specifically referring to stephen king right now (laughs) Uh, I i mean you are what there's no stephen king books on my shelf there's not like 11. <laughs> not like a whole thing. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, guys. There's not like a whole section on her shelf that's devoted to Stephen King. Some of them don't fit there, so I had to put the bigger ones in another I, 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 <laughs> But he can't he can't write dialogue to save his life. Like yeah. he, he really can't. You're just like, this is very annoying and it's it's not compelling and it makes the characters more one-dimensional than they actually are. Right. Um, but please continue. I'm sorry. I'm trying to think. What else I've read recently? <laughs> it's been... So that was when you were a teenager? Yeah, Time Enough for Drums from when I was a teenager. Jane Eyre's just always kind of been a favorite. Mm-hmm. I think I read Jane Eyre for the first time when I was just, like, first going into college. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like... The Memory Keeper's Daughter by Ken Edwards. I haven't read that. Um, it's kind of in that style that Jodi Picoult writes, where it's like from different people's perspectives, but it's about a, wo- a woman who gives birth to twins, and one of the twins is uh, has Downs, mm. and so the father, who is a doctor, um, decides to tell his wife that the child has died. Oh my god! And give the child. Well, you have to remember, this is in the time when peop, when we didn't have as much information about Down syndrome. What? When was it said? I'm sorry. It's like probably early late late fifties, early sixties. Okay. So okay. You have to. He remembers because his one of his sister died of this had like a mental disability, and he remembers the pain and suffering that his parents went through. So, like, you kind of have to look at it from all these sides. Mm-hmm. And, you have, and I like books that are like that because it it doesn't mean you have to agree with his decision, but it doesn't allow you to demonize 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. As a per- as a medical professional who knows what it's like for a family in that time period to have a child or for that child to go through the ridicule of society and all of that. But it turns out well because the nurse who helps him give birth take or who's supposed to take the child to the like ward, the mental ward. Mhm. Decides she can't leave her there. Takes the child and raises the child. Okay, so just so I make sure I'm getting this straight, because this is yeah. fascinating. Yeah. Um, woman has twins. Yeah. One of them has Downs. Yep. The doctor makes the decision mm-hmm. that this child is not fit for society. Basically. Not fit and, for society, but just like he knows that that it's going to be hard for him and his wife to care for the child and that the child's going to have a rough life with them. So he makes the decision for this family. Yes. And tells the parents of this child that... Tells his wife because it's his child. Oh, okay. I missed that. I thought... No, it's his wife that's pregnant and is having the children. Okay. He makes this decision for his family. Still horrible, but better. I thought he made this decision arbitrarily, like, not arbitrarily, but, like, for another family. And I was like, what a monster. Still no, a monster. That's the point. Like, it, yeah. I, he, but is he? Because, like, in that, from his perspective, and you get to read, mm-hmm. and you get to see, and you get to feel what he is feeling, because he also writes chapters. Mm-hmm. So, like, you get a chapter from the mother's perspective, a chapter from the father's perspective, a chapter eventually from the son's perspective. You never hear from the daughter, but you do hear from the nurse. Mm-hmm. So these are the five people you hear all about this other person's life. And it's really interesting, and it's incredibly... And it's heartbreaking because I think, like, it, in some ways you have to also look at it from the doctor's perspective that, like, you know, we haven't... At this point in time, we haven't put all this money into researching Downs and taking care of these people mm-hmm. and actually treating them like people. They were not treated like people. No, 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 no. They were literal. So even if he didn't make that decision, he and his wife were going to have to make that decision to probably send her away. I get that. And I get that it's a period piece and that, you know, that it it is a perspective that I do not have, but from my perspective, I'm like raging inside. Right. The, the longer I hear about this. <laughs> right. But, and from my perspective, it's like, that's your kid, you know, like, but as a person and as an actor and as someone who I do, it's interesting to see it from all sides. Definitely. So it was a very interesting book and it's a thought provoking book. I recommend to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> what's, it, what's it called, Lee? Uh, Memory Keeper's Daughter. I pretty sure I would throw it across the room. You probably will. Just from what you're saying, like, that is... But you just remember, you're not always reading it from his perspective. You're reading it from multiple perspectives. Oh, sure. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, But I'm still the reader of this. And, like, that's just absolutely unbelievable... Sorry, now now I'm just thinking about gender roles and <laughs> and, and how do we re- ro- loop this back to yeah. the right and, yeah. <laughs> and mental health in America. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, those are some those are some interesting books that I've read. Um, I've recently been in a, really into a lot of uh, poetry. Um, so I read like Rupi Carr and you've um, read both of hers. Right? I have, and I mm-hmm. love them. They're mm-hmm. both really great reads. Um, very. 
complex and simple and I, I there is simple complexity because like the, the complexity is in the emotion because the emotions are complex mm-hmm. um, the words are very simple but the emotions are complex so I think that's really smart I think she's very very smart in the way that she writes um, yeah so I think that's kind of where I am right now so yeah what's the next question <laughs> um, I just asked what's your favorite book do you have a favorite food? Oh, I have a lot of favorite foods. Um, uh, the one off the top of the head, which you probably already know, tacos. Like Hell I yeah. could eat, I could eat tacos like probably every damn day. Um, you it, you can have one for every meal, and they'll all be different. Yep, you can even have a dessert taco. They do exist, guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I no, I'm a very big fan of tacos because the one because I'm. I I, uh, I go sans the gluten, so <laughs> mm, 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 mm. gluten free is the way to be. No, yeah, it really is. Yes. <laughs> For um, some people, I still miss it, but also like my insides. <laughs> but, uh, but my insides feel great. Um, uh, so I really like that. I love a good curry, especially now that it's like we're getting to those those cool winter nights, mm-hmm. and I'm like, mm, I want some curry. Um, Do you have a favorite Indian place in town? <sighs> I don't because I haven't like I feel like I haven't really experienced enough of them. I've gone to Essence and mm-hmm. I've gone to I really liked um it was over I'm not even sure if it's there anymore. Um I went to Little India. That was good. Um and then there was like one called Masala, I think. Oh, okay. And that was really good, but I don't think it's there anymore. But maybe you're still there, Masala. Just let us know. I'm, uh, I'm always looking for a new one because Essence of India is literally, you know, a block from me right now. And, yes. And it is my favorite Indian restaurant in Chicago, but I also just haven't been to a ton of them. Yes. There's one in Wicker that I really want to try out called Cumin. Yeah. And I saw like. I literally saw, like, an Instagram story of it, and I was like, I have to go here. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't been yet. Yeah. I really like anything with, like, a good, what I call a warming spice, not, like, a burn-your-mouth-off spice, mm-hmm. which is probably why I like things like Indian and uh, Hispanic food, because they tend to have very warming spices mm-hmm. incorporated. Um, I mean, I'm a sucker for a good mac and cheese. Yeah. Like a good mac and cheese. Um, but I love in the... Des- for So, like, that would be my entree. Like, if I could have tacos as my entree, like, I'd be a very happy, happy, happy lady. Um, I, when I was on the glutens, I was all about the biscuits. God, I want it. I want yeah, we want right so now. bad. Yep. Um, <laughs> and every once in a while, I'm like... Um, but I am a coffee fiend. I will say that. You are. I drink at least two to three cups a day. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's eight ounce cups, guys. Not like, you know, your, your Starbucks cup. But, um, into the dessert room, <laughs> I do like pie. I like pie is one of my favorites. <laughs> I do like a good pie. Um... And I like, uh, I like creme brulee. Ooh. I like a good creme brulee. Ooh. 
okay, so you know that I've been like I got re allergy tested yeah. and uh like and so now I'm trying to reincorporate foods and every once in a while I hear a food and I'm like oh, could I have that again? <laughs> Is that something I could eat? Yeah, probably. I could probably do a creme brulee. <laughs> well, if you ever wanna go and you just wanna like try a little bit, I'll go and I'll eat the rest. Okay. So okay. you like wanna be like just a little taste, a little taste, and just like sit there and be like, <sighs> I'm, I'm <laughs> right. I'm at the point now with it where, like, I will, I, I never would have even like tried something like I was like, oh, there's butter on that, can't have it, cannot have it, can't even try a bite. Like, right. I'll die, I'll get, I'll, yeah. I will explode. Right. Um. And so now I'm at the point where I'm like, I'll try it, and mm-hmm. then I'll have a bite, or like, oh, I'll, tr- I'll, you know, I'll take a bun off of a burger if they forget. That I asked for a burger with no bun or something, yeah. and I, I won't die, and I'll be fine. Yeah, isn't that nice? It's a much better way to live your life. Yes. <laughs> than just constantly in fear of, like, yeah. what you're putting in your body. Yeah. I also am a connoisseur of french fries. <laughs> yes, best french fries in Chicago. Uh, Galway Arms. <laughs> I feel like I knew that. <laughs> yeah. Guys, they are steak fries, they are what a damn potato should be cut to be. Okay. <laughs> It's oh. thick, it's crunchy on the outside, it's squishy on the inside, and it goes down real good. I think the one time I went there with you, mm-hmm. you made me get the fries. I did make you get the fries. And I was like, damn, these fries are good. <laughs> I was like, we're going to get fries, we're going to drink. Mm-hmm. You were going to, I think you had a cider. Uh, I think I had a, I have a thing out of Glutenberg. You did I was like, I'm going to have a beer. Ember. Yeah, um, but I'm like, please put the whiskey in a glass and thank you very much. <laughs> and just leave it. Yeah, I mean, you could bring the whiskey sands to the glass. <laughs> just don't make me pay for the whole thing. No, <laughs> that's not how it works. <laughs> um, can we talk about your gluten-free lifestyle Absolutely, a little bit? Absolutely, yeah. Um, so why did you, why did you go gluten-free? So I, one, I was curious about it because, um, my sister got herself tested and it was kind of something that like she had an intolerance but not an aller- like a full on like celiac mm-hmm. allergy to and she was like you know she started seeing um clear ups in her skin and um all of this kind of stuff and so and my sister and I are similar in makeup mm-hmm. obviously from being same parents. Same parents. Yeah, they made that genetic thing. They both, ma- yeah, <laughs> genetics. <laughs> genetics. Um, so I, I just wanted to try it. So I went gluten. I started going gluten free, and I just saw a, a, a really great uptick in my energy, mm-hmm. in um, how, like my in how my body digested food. Um, how my body was getting nutrients from food. Um, so I did that first. Um, so I was about, I was gluten free for about six months and then I did the whole 30. Okay. Um, which I liked. Um, it's not for everyone, but I really liked it cause it, um, cuts out like everything out of your diet that isn't a whole food. Mm-hmm. And it also makes you really great at meal prep, <laughs> which you are like, pro at yeah like, should be I'm, like making youtube videos <laughs> yeah like this is how you meal prep for two weeks kids let's go um but yeah so i 
I I mostly do it because of how my 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 body feels. It like I I do it for healthy reasons. I I if I didn't say it was for a little bit of vanity, I would be lying. But mm-hmm. I mostly do it because my body feels a lot better when I do. Yeah. Um, and that's just kind of the long and the short of it. Now you all heard me that I drink whiskey now hate to break it to y'all whiskey's distilled so it doesn't have a lot of gluten in it <laughs> well and when gluten is the crux of the issue yeah. whiskey is fine yeah. and like there's so many beers out there now that have what are they called ppus like yeah like 0.04 ppus but it has just so few that like it doesn't even register right. on the um on the like gluten tolerance scale right so i do it and i like it and i it, it makes you really um, I'm really lucky that I currently, and um, I now again live with someone. If you mm-hmm. guys didn't know, Martina and I used to live together. We were roommates! Yes. Um, and I now live with someone who is um, willing to uh, also bake gluten-free and mm-hmm. like do gluten-free stuff. Um, so we've been experimenting. We've made some really, really tasty things with different types of flour that I didn't really know existed until I went gluten-free. Hmm. So in that regard, and are just as expensive as your regular all-purpose flour. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it makes you more creative. I think it, it can, it can be bothersome when you really want to go to that Italian restaurant and yeah. you really want that angel hair pasta yeah. that you know that the Italian grandmother is making in the back kitchen. And in those regards, you know, you're like, oh, damn it. But, like, um, no, I feel great, and that's mostly why I do it. I continue to do it because I feel good. Um, if that changes or if my body starts... Because your body does adjust. Yeah. It's just what it does. Like, as you, as you get older, things just shift. Yeah. And if that changes and I'm not getting the proper nutrients, then maybe I will go back to gluten. But I don't really see that happening. Yeah, I mean, you know, your body changes every seven years. So it could be in a few more years you're just like, actually, you know what? I'm fine. And that's, I, that is what I believe happened to me. And then also my brother, he had a wheat and egg allergy. Mm-hmm. And he, he's still scared. I don't know. I, I don't want to say he's scared of wheat, but like he hasn't tried wheat yet. But mm-hmm. he did do an egg test. And mm-hmm. he can have eggs again too. Yeah. And I was like... Yo, here we go. We're eating eggs together, Chris. <laughs> First time in eight years, but <laughs> but I mean it. It, it makes re- a big difference. It, it really does. And like, if you need to cut something out for a while, it's your quality of life. Yeah. You know, w- gluten it affects people in a bunch of different ways. Whether it be like digestive, cause eczema, like can be. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm mean, for me, um, it was always a bunch of canker sores in my mouth, mm-hmm. and that's miserable. That's no way to live your life. Absolutely, absolutely. But cool. Thank you for sharing that with oh, me. Oh yeah, sure. And also thank you for reminding me that uh, not right now, but like just before that, like macaroons are gluten free. Yes, they are. Um, <laughs> because I made, I actually made some macaroons the other night that were like keto friendly, mm-hmm. and so like if I were to go. If I were to go get a macaroon somewhere, I'd have to see if they were dairy-free. Because probably not. Depending. You exactly. Try yeah. the Le Bougerie. Where is that? Uh, they just reopened on Belmont. Oh, okay. Yeah. You might be able to go in there. Okay. I'll check it out. I used to go there for my macaroons. <laughs> You're like, 
this is the best day of my life. I walked past her and I'm like, oh, you're open. It's the macaroon day. <laughs> okay. Um, do you have a favorite food to make for someone? I really love making pie for people, honestly. Oh, yeah, I'm glad I made you pie. Yes, <laughs> I do. I do like making people pie. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but I every time I make pie, people seem to just, I don't know, like people just get a little bit more sunny that day. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it is about pie. I think it's like one of those foods that like everybody... Most people, I shouldn't say everybody, because most people have some kind of association with, mm-hmm. even if you're probably not from, you know, the States. Sure. Uh, pie kind of is everywhere. Mm-hmm. So I think, um, I don't know what it is, but I think people just, ha- people just get a little bit brighter, mm-hmm. especially when you make pie. And I don't know what that is, why that is. I'm assuming it's just memories. Yeah. But, um, and pie is just, like, one of those things. Like, it's, like, once it, it... You can kind of incorporate so many different things. You can make different types of pie for different people. But, mm-hmm. like, the process of making the pie is usually pretty similar. Like, you bake the crust. You put the filling in. Mm-hmm. You put... You maybe put a top on. And you put it back in. And mm-hmm. you just kind of, like let it go um but like once it's cut and it's dished out it's like it don't matter what it looked like it's a matters how it tastes and exactly um so i think that's i i think that's fine i think it's fun and it's a it's a dessert that i love to make it's and it's really good for the soul because you really gotta when you make up when you make the crust you really gotta roll it out (laughs) here we go yeah there's something about pie that is more maybe because I do associate it with Thanksgiving, but pie just seems more communal than it cake. It, it yeah, it is. I think it's it's just one of those things. Like, and you really, I think it's like cake. We associate with like events. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You associate a cake with event, but you associate a pie with like your family. Yeah. Or the people you care. Yeah. Care for, like. Yeah. Do you have a favorite pie that you make? I make um I make a mean peanut butter pie. Oh, uh, yeah. what? I've never even like considered that. Yeah, pe- I've been I've been I would be interested to try it with like an almond butter though to mm-hmm. see what that would like taste like. Um and I like I made a really interesting pie once. I made it with matcha. Like matcha the green mm. tea. It was a matcha green tea pie. And that was pretty good. Yeah. But I, usually people really prefer like a... And I've made a... I've made an apple pie. Mm-hmm. And I've made... I made the the pear tort. I was trying to remember what you made for Thanksgiving last year. Yeah, yeah. it was like that pear tort. Because I... Um, so I just rolled out dough and put the okay. pears in it. So it was more like a open face pie mm-hmm. um and so that was good um with cardinal <laughs> mm, mm, mm. my dad you said matcha and it reminded me mm-hmm. um my dad went to this restaurant this is a couple years ago now but he got matcha pancakes mm-hmm. and um 
she was like, they were so good. They were green. They were so good. And I was like, that sounds really good. So one time when he was visiting, uh, we tried to make them ourselves and we didn't put enough green tea in them. But now every time I make pancakes, I want to make them matcha mm. pancakes. And I got, I found this like matcha cranberry mm. mix. And it's such a, like, um, it's such a cool idea. I never would have thought to put tea in things. Mm-hmm. And I just did it the other day. We made some chocolate chip cookies, and I put, um, like, the Bengal Spice Celestial mm-hmm. Seasoning tea in the cookies. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, chai and rooibos and nutmeg and clove mm-hmm. and, you know, coriander or whatever. And it was so good. Yeah. People sometimes will steep their tea in, like, their milk product or whatever mm-hmm. to, like, do that um, to spice it out. Delicious. Mm-hmm. Delicious. I don't know why. I'm just like, oh, that's a drink. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. My last question um, is, can you leave us with any cooking advice? Oh, goodness. Oh, cooking advice. Um, make sure you set the timer. <laughs> <laughs> I know it sounds stupid, but you're going to thank me one day. That's real smart, actually. Um, Make sure you set a timer. Um, Not always use your phone. I'd recommend using, like, like those old school timers. Yeah. Like an old school egg timer. Um, Because, let's just say, technology is not my friend. Uh, (laughs) It's just not. Um, Let's see. Anything else? Um, trying to think if I have any wise words of wisdom. Learn from your elders, because they're the best people. You know, when your mom wants you to watch her while she's cooking Thanksgiving dinner, do it, because you'll learn a lot. (laughs) And learn, I learned a lot from just with my roommates. Yeah. 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 Learned how to make a lot of different things because of the people I've lived with. Because you can always learn from somebody um, by watching. So watch. Which, that sounds real creepy. Like, don't walk into, like, don't walk up to somebody's window while they're, like, cooking. Okay? Like, that's not what I'm endorsing here. Hello. I see you cooking. (laughs) I see you cooking. And some crazy lady on this podcast told me to watch. (laughs) She said it's good at education. And I'm like, no, people you know. (laughs) Come on. Knock on the door and ask. (laughs) (laughs) Nicely. Um... (laughs) Don't just be, what What are you eating? <laughs> Get out of my house. <laughs> that only works when you're three. I'll tell you because I used to do it. <laughs> yeah. Used to walk up to people. My mom would just be like, where'd she go? And I'd be up at the neighbor's uh, like porch be like, what are you having for dinner? <laughs> That's adorable. When you're three, it's adorable. When you're older than that, not so much. <laughs> so just saying. I'm going to just start right now. <laughs> pushing 30. I'll be like, what are you? Hello. Sir or ma'am, what are you having for dinner tonight? <laughs> are you making it yourself? No. <laughs> it's like picking up people in the grocery store. <laughs> yeah, right. No, yeah, they're yeah, they will totally think you're just uh, hitting on them. Yeah, it's weird. Um, <laughs> actually, I have almost been picked up in a grocery store. Same. Uh, I got I got asked out straight up. The most forward anyone has ever been with me ever. 
a dude asked me out in a grocery store. Which grocery store? Oh, this was in Charlotte. This okay. was in North Carolina. This, mine was here, so. Oh, really? In the Whole Foods. <laughs> like, no! I was like, oh, no, I'm like, I'm, and I was seeing someone at the time, so I think I was, like, able to be like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm seeing someone. And they're like, well, if you're, that ever changes. And I'm like, oh, you know what? Thanks for being, you know what? Do what I say? Good on you. Because, you know, at least you were like, this is my intention. I can either say yes or no. And you said, okay. You know what? That's exactly, you know, maybe grocery store guys are not that bad. Because this, <laughs> this, this guy was older than, I think I was 23, probably, maybe 24, probably 23. And so it was like the beginning of my like last relationship. And so he and I weren't even, like, we hadn't labeled anything yet. But I was like, nah, we're, this is. I'm, I'm in a relationship with, with him. And, but this guy asked me out and I was like, oh, I have, I have a boyfriend when I didn't actually have a boyfriend, but like, I don't know. Yeah. It was, it was a bad time in my life. Yeah. He he didn't want to put labels on things and, uh, uh, wishy-washy men listening right now. It's not cute. Uh, (laughs) I should have said yes to this guy in the grocery store. No, that's what we're saying, ladies. Say yes to the guy. <laughs> yeah, say, he's probably not that bad, but yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, learn from learn from people while while they're cooking because I think that's that's how I learned, and I've learned from many different people. I've learned from my roommates, I've learned from my aunts and my grandmas and my mom. Um, I w- I grew up in a family who really loved to cook, and I'm really blessed by that. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely, and a family who loved to bake, and a family who loved to share a meal Mm -hmm. which i know not everybody gets so i'm internally grateful for that um because i learned a lot of what i do from them because Mm -hmm. my mom would make me wash or cook yeah i remember like not wanting to do it when i was little too and even for just like little things just being like ah no i'm doing i'm playing this and Mm -hmm. i'm i'm so thankful that i was constantly in the kitchen when I was younger and then by the time I was in middle school high school I was cooking the meals Mm -hmm. because my mom was working a full-time job and I was home at two o'clock so Mm -hmm. totally makes sense (laughs) that I was cooking dinner right um but at the time I was like god I gotta I gotta do this I gotta make schnitzels and now I can Make, make sh- yeah, yeah, I can make schnitzel and homemade spetzle and like you know, like it's yeah, it's big. It's, yeah, it's like I know how to boil water and put the pasta in, and I know how to make a sauce, and I know, mm-hmm. and yeah, and it would be. I'm a big fan of like just trying it every once in a mm-hmm. while to see how it comes out. It may not come out. And for that, you're just like, oh, just throw some cheese on it. <laughs> <laughs> when in doubt. We'll some... make this work. We'll It'll make this work. <laughs> I know. I think that's all. I, I don't have, like, like, you know, this is how you make a blah, blah, blah. Mine's always like, watch people. They're great. No, I totally, I'm totally on board with that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. I'm glad glad we finally got to do the podcast. Yes. Can I have more pie? Yes, you can have so much pie. Yay! (laughs) Let's see. Gotta turn this off.